You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Faith in part, according to Hebrews 11, 1, the latter part, is the evidence of things not seen. The evidence. Not circumstantial evidence, but bona fide. Legit, a real evidence. The evidence of things not seen. When evidence is bona fide, it's conclusive. And biblically, it represents conclusive truth. Evidence is conclusive truth. The evidence of things not seen. Conclusive truth, even though I don't see it. Conclusive truth, even though I don't see it. And you have to understand what you don't see is just as real as what you see. I said what you do not see is just as real as what you See, I love tomatoes, but I, I, I remember looking at that, that little seed that you can put on, on just the top of your finger, and I just, how in the world can something so red uh, and delicious come from something this small? I, I, I couldn't see it. I just, I just couldn't see how, how can a juicy <laughs> mouth-watering <laughs> fruit slash vegetable come from something that small? I, I, I just couldn't see it. And so I... I, I I found out that even though I couldn't see it, it's real. There are some things you just couldn't imagine coming from a seed or from something else. You just couldn't see that. But then when you look at the process, you say, well, it went through stages, but... <laughs> It does come from that. I didn't see it, but 
It comes from that. So again, what you do not see is just as real as what you do see. In hindsight, when you were struggling, worrying about this, that, and the other, you couldn't see down the road that your struggle would be completely over. You were so used to being up and down financially, you didn't see yourself down the road to where you, you ain't got to even worry about no money. You, you, only, you, you just free of anxiety and instead of worrying about money, you use money to be a blessing to other folk. But when you were up and down or struggling, you didn't see that. Ask your neighbor, in hindsight, did you see yourself where you are right now? So what you did not see is just as real as what you see. Matter of fact, biblically speaking, what you do not see is more real. For 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 says... The things that we see are temporary. But the things we do not see are eternal. So if you are a Bible person, you know that what you do not see is more real than what you see. A lot of you young folks, you just don't see yourself being old like some folk. You in your 30s. Yeah, yeah. I hope I'll be around 30 years from now to ask you did, did, what you didn't see, do you see it now? I want, I want you to get in your being that what you do not see is just as real or more real as what you do see. To the point to where you can expect God to do the impossible for you. If you ever can believe in the unseen, you can expect God to do the impossible for you. You. And, and you will come away with a testimony. You, you will come away with conclusive truth that God honors his word. I said you will come away with conclusive truth. That God will do what is written and 
revealed. One writer said, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Will he not make it good? Isaiah came behind Moses. Uh, Moses was the writer I just talked about, but Isaiah came behind Moses and said, once he sends forth his word, it's not going to return unto him void. It's going to do everything that he sent it to do. And God sends his word directly and indirectly. He'll use you to send a word to your family. He'll use you to speak a word to your issues and cause everything that you uttered out of your mouth to manifest. Even though you don't see it when you speak it. Because the unseen is just as real as the seen. And contextually, the elders understood it. They understood faith was the evidence of things not seen. And notice the, the simple verse in reference to the elders of Hebrews 11 and 2. By it are faith, the elders up. A good, a beneficial testimony. They obtain a good testimony. When you obtain something is when you get possession of it and you hold on to it. Until you get the victory. It's not just enough to get faith. But you continue to operate. In faith. Until you get. The victory. John said it better in 1 John 5 and 4. He said the victory that overcomes the world. Is even our faith. You get to going through challenges. But, but you don't got your faith. You don't got your word on Sunday. Because you know according to Romans 10 and 17. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. You don't obtain your faith. But now you got to hold on to your faith. Until you get through your challenges. You got to hold on to your faith. Until you overcome that stumbling block. You got to hold on to your faith. Until you get your healing. You got to hold on to your faith. Like senior minister Mullins. Until your son comes through the surgery. You got to hold on to your faith. Until you get the good measure. The press down. The Taken together and the running over. You done gave according to faith, but now you got to hold on until God manifests what He said He would do. And if God said it, He'll bring it to pass. Oh, encourage somebody, you got to hold on to what God told you. Got to hold on to your faith. 
For by it the elders obtained a, a good testimony. They obtained a good testimony. But they held on to their faith. Somebody here this morning, you're going through something. And, and see, you, you got to be careful because you're, you're looking at the situation and based upon your eyes, it does not look good. But you have to remember why you're looking at the situation that the unseen of what you do not see is just as real as what you do see. Oh, matter of fact, you got to remember what I just quoted earlier, 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. The things that you're looking at right now are temporary. They are not just subject to change. They are going to change. Something is going to happen because if you're holding on to God's word, God going to bring to pass what he promised you. Ooh. Say to your neighbor, you might as well get ready to praise him anyhow. Despite what you see. Because he going to do what he said. I said he going to do what he said. Sometimes God will just tell, tell me. I'm getting ready to send something to you. And, and he'll tell me at a time to where I know that. Certain things are not happening. But I have lodged into my being. Uh, uh, I hold on to him saying that I'm going to send you something. Not seeing anything. But again, 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Let me know this, ain't, this is just temporary. If God told you he was going to sing you something, just keep giving him the hallelujah. Just keep giving him the praise God. Just keep telling him thank you even before it shows up on your doorstep or your front porch. And in an an awkward moment, at least that's what I call it, an awkward moment, what God promised me would just manifest. It would just manifest. I'm going to send it your way. Happened a, happened a few, few uh, months ago. I said, Lord, I, I want to do this right here, but I don't want to do such and such. Send it your way. Just as soon as I say, I'm going to send it your way. And I held on to it. And it wasn't eight days later to where God sent it my way. I said it wasn't eight days later until God sent it my way. But this is the thing. It didn't look like it was coming. But say to your neighbor, faith is the evidence of things not seen. And, and when you're obtaining something, demons, your flesh, 
situations and circumstances going to try to get you to lose it. You know to obtain is to hold on to it until you get your victory. But it seemed as if circumstances, situations, and things just coming at you trying to get you to lose what you need to hold on to. God done told you he was going to heal you, but, but, but the report that you keep getting is just seemingly telling you you need to just let it go. It ain't going to happen. You're needing something, but you ain't got the money to get it, and God said he's going to bless you with it anyhow. Just trust him, but, but you still get negative, bad, evil things happening to you. So it just seems like you ought to just let it go. Said so you maybe got to hold on to it. You didn't get that rhema just to be getting it. You got that rhema in order for you to live until you get your victory. You knew it was your rhema. You knew God was talking to you through the short preacher. But being your circumstances said, it was just coincidental what he was saying. No, that wasn't no coincidental message. That was a rhema word just for you. It's just the enemy, your flesh, your situations and other things that are trying to get you to lose what's going to cause you to be better, what's going to cause you to have a testimony that's not only going to be a blessing to you, but it's going to be a blessing to many others. Say to somebody, you got to hold on to your faith. Oh, hold on to your faith because your faith is more precious than money. Your faith is more precious than silver, gold, platinum, or anything else that people consider precious. Say to your neighbor, I'm holding on to my rhema. I know that was my rhema when, when, when God used the preacher to say this, that, and the other. So I'm going to hold on to it even though I'm battling, even though I'm going through it in my mind. I'm still going to hold on to it. It didn't show up this week, but I know God said, cast not away therefore your confidence which has great reward. But have endurance until the promise come. For he that shall come will come. And say to your neighbor, my God, get ready to come. That's the reason I'm holding on. It's a battle, but I'm holding on. It's a fiery trial, but I'm holding on. I'm getting hit on the right, the left, behind, in front, on top. But I'm holding on to my faith. Because I know if God said it. He gonna bring it to pass. That's the reason I'm turning in victory when I ought to have tears flowing down my face. That's the reason I'm leaping for joy even though I'm weeping. But I'm holding on to Psalm 30 and 5. Weeping may endure for a night, but some joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming for me. Joy is coming for you. Joy is coming but I got to hold on to my faith. 
And God done gave us a witness of witnesses. Buy it. The elders obtain a good testimony. God will give you some signs. Somebody in here this morning, senior minister Mullins done been assigned to you. That it's going to work out. It may be taking a little longer than you expected. But it's still going to work out. They told her one thing. But it was an hour and a half more. But she was still holding on to her faith. You got to hold on. I know it's been 12 days. I know it's been three months. I know it's been 16 years. But don't you cast away your confidence. Don't you act as if God lied to you. Had you read what the writer said? It's impossible for God to lie. He gonna show up. Even though it's been a while, it's still going to happen for you. Biblically, that was Psalm that waited 12 years. Psalm waited 30 something years. But God eventually showed up and he did everything that he promised. You have to ask yourself sometime is it worth waiting for? If it's worth waiting for, that means you should keep a hunger until it manifests. For Jesus himself said, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, I'll fill you. Keep your hunger. Don't allow situations, circumstances, your flesh, demons, or anything or anybody else to stop you from thirsting after what God done told you you could have. For he that shall come. He's coming. It's going to happen. And don't get in God's way. Because you think he's taking too long. Faith is a process. God don't need you putting in your little methods. Because you want the process to hurry along. Stay out of God's business and just hold on to your faith. For by faith the elders obtain a good report. And when it comes to the elders, we, we can go back in scripture and we can look at a number of them that obtain good testimonies. We can stop by Gideon's house. We can stop by Isaiah's house. We can stop by Elijah and Elisha's house and pull out some good testimonies of how God moved when folk were against them. 
They had already counted Daniel out, put him in the lion's den, uh, put him in a place where he was sure to die. A horrible, a horrendous death. But he had faith for he went in the lion's den. And when he was surrounded by the lions, he had faith. And that same faith he had before he was cast into the den that he kept when he was in the den is what brought him out of the den. Get this, with a promotion. Talk to me, Lord. You have to hold on to your faith. Again, because when you truly obtain, you possess it, and you hold on to it until you get the victory. And it can be applied to something as simple as an automobile. God told me to go look. But I done got turned down these nine times. Lord, maybe I should just quit nine times. Maybe I should just quit. But God gave you what you're holding on to. If you quit, you would be loosing the faith that he gave you to obtain it. I don't care if it's been 19 times, 190 times. You got to hold on to your faith. Like Daniel and like Isaiah, like the others. But when it comes to the elders, getting back to what I was saying, God gave me Caleb. Caleb. By it, the elders obtain a good testimony. And one of the reasons he gave me Caleb is because Caleb had faith as an elder when his How do I describe them? I know how I can describe them. When his fellow elders, they were in the same church, didn't have faith. All of them were elders. All of them were getting the same word from Moses. But there were some elders that didn't have the faith that Caleb had. Let's go to the scripture. 
Let's go to Numbers. The book of Numbers. I'm, I'm closing with this. Numbers, the 13th chapter. Bear with me. Numbers 13. I'm going to start with the first couple of verses. First two verses. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Notice the next words. Very important. Which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one a leader or elder among them. For I move on, key. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving them. That's the rhema. I want them to spy out what I'm giving them. Tell them to go look at what I'm blessing them with. I done told them from Egypt to where we are right now. That it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Or it's a land where they're going to find better, bigger, good, happiness. Tell them to go see what I'm giving them. To go see what the sovereign, the owner of the earth, is giving them. Tell them to go see what I'm giving them, the one with all power. How many know God is omnipotent? Tell them to go take a look at it. And so he, he did exactly what God told him. He chose elders or leaders from all of the 12 and a half tribes. This is what he did. He chose them. All of them were elders. All of them were mature. All of them had seen the hand of God firsthand. Knew he was the mighty God. Let's go further. Verse 26. They done went to the land and now they're coming back. You can read before 26 in your leisure. But notice verse 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron. And all the congregation of the children of Israel. In the wilderness of Paran. At Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation 
and show them, oh Lord have mercy, the fruit of the land. The ushers were there. Or the helps ministry were there. The deacons were there. The music ministry was there. The senior ministers, the ministers, and the ministers in training were there. The music ministry was there. The MSW Center, including the pastor and first lady, were there. Say to your neighbor, everybody was there. Notice the text. They brought them back to Moses, Aaron, and the congregation. Everybody was there to hear the word. And before they even spoke, they saw the fruit. And, and let me say this without going to the particular passage that describes the fruit. The fruit was point blank just like God said. Just like it. They saw God said it was going to be just. There it is. That's what God, you know, that's what God said, right? That's exactly what God said it was going to be. That's what he told Moses to tell him. Moses told him. And there it is right there. You ever seen any grapes like that? Is that a plum? Or, that's a grape, girl. That ain't no plum. I know it's big, but that's, that's a grape right there. That's a grape? I'm trying to paint you a real good picture. Let me be expressive for a few minutes. Grapes the size of plums. Back in the 70s, you, you could pull a plum off a tree behind your house. And, and you had to really, the first bite, you had to stand back just like this. I'm serious, you had to stand back just like this. If you didn't stand back like this, that juice would get everywhere. You had to just hold it like this and just... Let the juice roll out, then you can pull in and just eat the plum. It's just, and you'd be like, oh God, this is so juicy and good. And when you were from the country, you, you didn't take you didn't take no napkin around with you. So when the juice did get the floor, you put it on the back of your pants. Show is good. It was just like God said. Verse 28. Wait a minute. Let me read verse 27. They told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It, help me with the next word, flows with what? And this is his fruit. God didn't lie to him. 
which he can't lie. Verse 28. Nevertheless, look how quick he changed. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified. And very large. And we saw the descendants of Anak there. You tell they were showing up looking, wasn't it? Sometimes we, we look too much. We start seeing more than we... Then verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Caleb, I heard enough. Because see, notice why Caleb was getting upset. They are giving more glory to opposition than God. That happens in the church. You, you have folk that they are, they, were, they, they are quick to talk about what the enemy has done and he's doing in the church. Y'all going to help me out a little bit? Look, look at somebody and, and say now, you, you got to say this. this, this you. He talking about folk in your church. Your church. Your church. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession or obtain look at his faith for we are well able to overcome it they done told you about all these fortified cities they done told you about all these folk up in the mountains they done told you about these giants they even know their history, their ancestry. They done told you they came from the Anaks. But look, I don't care what they done said. And yeah, I respect y'all elders, but I don't care what y'all done said. We are well able to overcome it. What is he doing? He's not worrying about what they saw. He saw the same thing. But he's not basing the victory on what is seen. Because of his faith. Faith is the evidence of things not. You got to see this. You got to see this in the text. You got to see it. He's not basing the victory on what they saw. He's basing the victory on what God said. I'm giving you what? 
the land. Every time God tells you, he's going to give you something. It's going to be opposition. Every time he tells you, he's going to give you something. It's going to be opposition to try to prove God wrong. Or try to make you loose. What you have received. Every time. Every time. It happened with this church. It happened with, with, with my houses. It happened with things I own. It was always some type of opposition. In certain cases, it was minor. In other cases, it was made. It was always opposition. If it's just going to be handed to you, you ain't going to have to use no faith. The just, the Bible says, have to live by faith. You got to hope. And you got to trust in the unseen of the promise of God. How many are still with me? Stay with me. He quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Now, now notice these elders in the same church. Y'all got a minute? Y'all look up here and say, hey elders. Come on, one more time. Just, hey elders. We don't want our elders like this, so we're going to make sure we greet our elders and treat them real well. Right? Because notice what happens in verse 31. But the men of the elders who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against this people. For they are stronger than we. And guess what? They were telling the truth. They were telling the truth. Based upon what they so, it was that true. I, I, I mean, I know y'all ain't betting folks and all that, but if, if uh, it, it's going to be, a, you hear, hey, it's going to be a fight. Who's who going to be fighting? Well, it's going to be Elder Jackson and the pastor. <laughs> Who you going to put your money on? <laughs> well, let me ask you something. Is it going to be a fair fight or can Pastor bring his brass knuckles, his gun, and this right? No, it's, it's got to be a fair fight. It's going to be hand to hand. I'm putting my money on L. Jackson. Wow, look how big he is and look how. You see what I'm saying? Based upon what they said, it was true. It, it's just like what doctors tell you. Often what they tell you is true. I'm not saying everything, but something they tell you is true. Something that when you go in to get a call, what they tell you is true. You knew your credit was shot for you went there. 
They the one wanted to run it. We gonna have to run your credit. And, and when they came back, they said, "Look, your credit is two ninety one." I mean, ain't no need, you, ain't no need of you. You ain't gonna go like, "Woo!" I go, "You you be like, I know." I know it's 291. Oh, you were surprised? I wasn't surprised. I, I knew it was 291. You got to understand something. Folk can tell you the truth based upon what they see. But remember, the unseen is more real than the seen. For the things that we see are but the things we do not see are eternal. It's more real. Yeah, I know it was 291, but, but, but I'm up here under divine assignment. God told me to come. And if you say you can't help me, you, you, you wasted my time because I know God gonna do exactly what he said. Plus, Stay with me. Now notice again the latter part of uh, Numbers 13 31. They are stronger than, than we. And then notice 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report which equates testimony. They gave them a bad report or testimony of the land Oh, Jesus. You see that? They gave him a bad report of the land. This ain't no regular land. Remember when, I, when we started in, in Numbers 13, 1 and 2, who gave him the land? This guys, they gave a bad report or they went completely against God. I know you believe in that prayer stuff, but look, God gave doctors wisdom. And we're not saying that the doctors ain't got no wisdom, but this is bigger than the doctor. We heard the doctor say it ain't no hope, but we 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 looking for God to have the final say. Now, if God says it's over, we're going to be done with it. But we ain't going to be done just because he came in here with that long white coat on saying it's over. Yeah, I heard you say I can't have that car and I ain't going to be able to get no car for seven. Now, now, you can keep that to yourself. That, that's what you say. But I know what he said and he has the final say. But what gets me, these are elders. Mature folk in the church. And some of the worst ones when it comes to living by faith are mature people. In God's church. You can't be in church 10 years and not be living by faith, baby. You got to live by faith. You can't be in church 20 years and you hear something over the internet putting down God's time. And all of a sudden you're going to jump on board with that. Myth. You can't be doing no stuff like that. You've been in the church too long. 
Well, the pastor, he didn't come see me. I'm mad. Now, you got you and you too mature to be like that. At least I sent somebody to see you. I couldn't come. <laughs> but you have to be, when, when you mature, certain things are expected of you. Look how disappointing this is. Mature folk who were given a charge to go look at a land that who promised? Guess what? They were messing up everybody's blessing. Everybody's blessed. Y'all hold on. I'm almost done. Y'all just hold on. I, I have to work with it a little bit. Y'all just hold on. But they gave a bad report in the latter part of 31. They gave a, I mean 32. They gave a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours or destroys. They don't say in God land destroys. Destroys is inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. It wasn't nobody over there like Pastor Walker. All them giants. Verse 33. That we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers those is in our own sight and so we were in their sight now look at the effect that it had on the entire congregation as we go to chapter 14 so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night and all the children of Israel, notice they done took on the spirit of the one with the bad report. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died broke. If only we had died at the hands of folk that treated us like we were nothing. That's how the Egyptians treated them, like they were nothing. And here they, here they are despising what God told them he was giving them and wanted to go back to something worse. Wanted to backslide. And notice, it affected the whole congregation. Except a couple of them. Y'all holding on. In my clothes. Woo, Jesus. In my clothes. Consider Numbers 14, 22. God getting ready to respond. Well, let me start in verse 20 for clarity's sake. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. 
Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test. Now these ten times. God even remember how many times they upset him. Ten times. Have put me to the test. Ten times. And get this. And have not heeded my voice. They heard faith, but they didn't put it into action. Notice this. They certainly, verse 23, shall not see or be partakers of the land of which I swore to their fathers. Nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. The ones that went along with that bad report. He didn't allow the elders with the bad report to see it. Nor members of the congregation that rejected what God was trying to give them. God was trying to give them something material. You hear, you hear folk all the time talking about God and into material. That's what he was trying to give them, something tangible. Something they could put their hands on. Something on earth. That's what he wanted them to have, something on earth. But they rejected it. And he said, hey, they ain't going to see what they reject. And to this day, you have the same thing. God tell folks, step out, I'm going to do it for you. But, but when they look and, and see, this is just too big for me. I can't, I can't do that. They never see it. Never see it. It's folks that are living beneath their privilege because they didn't see what God wanted them to see. They didn't step. And God told them to step. And to this day, they have missed it. Because when they did it, he removed his blessings. Removed his glory. Put Ichabod on them. Spirit of the Lord has departed. Listen to this. Notice this. Again, in verse 23, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But, look what he called Caleb, my servant Caleb. Notice this, because he has a different spirit or attitude in him and has followed me, how? That means he was living by what? I will bring into the land where he went. And his descendants shall inherit it. El, El Thomas, this, this is what get me about Caleb. Caleb was at least at the time he talked to Moses, either almost 80 or 80. Now, here we got an 80-year-old man that's willing to fight giants. <laughs> but he know he could fight the giants. 
Because of who? God. And get this. Caleb, he inherited as well as children. What Joshua and children that were young and didn't know the ignorance of their parents. And get this. And two and a half tribes. Two and a half tribes who were so committed to where they told Moses, whatever we need to do, that's what we'll do. Now, they are not talked about in the text. But they were to the point to where they not only followed Moses, but when Joshua took over his leadership, same two and a half tribes for when they started conquering the land. They didn't use everybody. They only used them two and a half tribes to fight these giants. And they put a whipping with God's help on them until they inherited the entire promised land because of their, their faith. Amen? Amen? So they obtained a good testimony because of their, their faith. I'm going to start right there. Let's get a little hand in praise. God have mercy. I got to pull 